Hello friends, welcome back to the revolution untold story of Indian freedom struggle. In the last episode, we discussed the first Anglo-Maratha war. We concluded with the note that the first Anglo-Maratha war ended with the Treaty of Salbi in 1783 resulted in peace for 20 long years. Yes, I am Kaushik Mazumdar and today we will talk about the second Anglo-Maratha war. Before we get to the war, let's talk about the background. After Peshwa Madhubrao II, that is Swai Madhubrao, committed suicide in 1795, the struggle for Peshwaship was about to surface again. At this time, Maratha dominion was extended from Delhi in the north to Tungabhadra river in south and Bay of Bengal in the east to Gulf of Cambay in the west. As Swai Madhubrao died without an heir, the power struggle ensued among the Maratha nobles for control of the confederacy. The powerful general Dolot Rao Sindhya and minister Nana Fannavis placed Bajirao II, the son of Raghunath Rao, as puppet Peshwa. Bajirao II had to suffer his parents' legacy throughout his life. Until the age of 19, he and his brothers were kept in confinement, denied even basic rights of education. Even after being coronated as Peshwa, he was looked down upon by his ministers and Maratha nobility. His incompetence had caused many internal conflicts and inspired conspiracies within the Maratha confederacy. After defeating Tipu Sultan, British East India Company was eventually ready to battle and eliminate Marathas. During the long battle against Mysore, East India Company had successfully established its control on the number of native states by establishing the subsidiary treaty. The then Governor-General of British India, Lord Mornington, had repeatedly offered a subsidiary treaty to the Peshwa and Sindhya. But due to Nana Farnavis's strong refusal to such arrangements, Mornington's effort never succeeded. After the death of Farnavis in 1800, Daulatrao Sindhya took complete control over the Peshwa's government and started eliminating his rivals within the government. Peshwa Baji Rao II became concerned about his own safety as well as Peshwaship. Peshwa Baji Rao II turned to British resident Colonel William Palmer for help. General Arthur Wellesley was already in the southern parts of Maratha territory at that time. However, Baji Rao was yet reluctant to sign any treaty with the British. In 1802, Sindhya's rival, Chief Jaswantrao Holkar, marched towards Pune. He sent assurances to Bajirao that he only wanted to free Pune from Sindhya's control and proposed for an allegiance. But Bajirao was apprehensive 
since he had earlier ordered the killing of Jaswant Rao's brother Vitoji Rao Holkar. Instead, he allied with the Sindhyas. Accordingly, Dolat Rao dispatched an army for Pune. The combined army for Peshwa Baji Rao II and Sindhya was defeated by Jaswant Rao Holkar at the Battle of Hadapsar. Scared and determined to hold on to his Peshwa ship, Baji Rao II fled to British protection. In December 1802, he concluded the Treaty of Basin with British East India Company. This treaty was part of Wellesley's subsidiary alliance system. According to the terms of the treaty, Baji Rao II, who anyways had been a puppet Peshwa, got the company as his new master. Not only the British East India Company had to be consulted for every decision from alliance to war, they were to be yielded with every district with a good economic prospect. Accordingly, Peshwa had to renounce his claim over Surat and Vadodara. Through this treaty, not only British East India Company got their grip tightened on the administration in Western India, but also they made sure the French could be eliminated. Though this treaty would let Bajirao II keep his Peshwa shape, the Marathi chieftains opposed the Treaty of Basin. The abject surrender of Bajirao to the British, which meant the surrender of the national independence of the Marathas, was regarded as a great insult by other Maratha chiefs, who sank their mutual differences and for a time made a combined effort to retrieve the position. Sindhya and Vosle took arms against the British, leading to the Second Anglo-Maratha War, and later Holkar also joined in the battle against British East India Company. The Treaty of Basin, in the words of Din Hatton, was a step which changed the footing in which we, the English, stood in Western India. It trebled the English responsibilities in an instant. It was, no doubt, a landmark in the history of the British supremacy in India and brought the East India Company in a definite superior relation with the formal head of the Maratha Confederacy. Before going into further details, we would like to highlight one specific clause of the treaty. The Peshwa must exclude all Europeans from his service. Though, according to the general belief being major Hindu dynasty, Maratha army was built of Hindu soldiers only. But in fact, Maratha armies in the 18th and 19th centuries were multicultural cosmopolitan armies. And with the confederacy moving out of the Deccan and reaching North India, they resembled the Mughal armies that had Rajputs, Pathans, Iranians, Purbias, even Arab and European mercenaries. Around this time, Marathas had more Arabs and Europeans in their contingent than any other native power in India. After the loss at Panipat, Mahadaji Sindhya decided to modernize his army. In this part, he got the former East India Company military officer 
Benardi Boyglum as a mercenary general who helped him raise sepoy battalions like the British. These battalions, with a formidable park of artillery, formed the regular corps of Sindhya's formidable Fauji Hind or Army of Hindustan. After the Fourth Anglo-Mysore War and the end of Tipu Sultan, company armies demobilized the number of European troops, even entire battalions at times. Dholatrao Sindhya and Josavantrao Holkar took this opportunity and strengthened their army by recruiting those European troops. The European contingent had no qualms in fighting against any native or external forces against the British East India Company. They even fought against each other, being employed by two conflicting chieftains. Eventually, it turned out the troops that made this Maratha armies the formidable ones would cripple them when they needed their services the most. On 13th May, Bailisli's forces escorted Bajirao II to Pune. The troops of Holkar withdrew on Bailisli's advance and thus avoided a battle with the British. After restoring Bajirao II as the Peshwa of Pune, the Maratha threat of disagreement grew superior. Major Arthur Wellesley started preparing for the war. Besides organizing his forces in Srirangapatnam, Wellesley went ahead collecting intelligence about the enemy. An old soldier, Lieutenant Colonel John Collins, formerly the British resident at Sindhya's court, advised him not to underestimate the Sindhya. He had particularly said that the Maratha cavalry could be ridden over by the British. But their infantry and guns will astonish you. This did not affect Wellesley. He had no idea that he was soon going to be astonished and pretty badly at that. In August 1803, Wellesley was ready to take the field against the Marathas. He had three major goals. First and foremost was the position of Delhi and Agra by extending the British East India Company's boundary to the row of Jamuna by banishing the French from the banks. Construct a system of alliances with the states of Rajputana and annex Bundelkhand. The British East India Company planned a simultaneous attack on multiple fronts. The British strategy included Wellesley securing the Deccan Plateau, General Lake taking Dwab and then Delhi, Powell entering Bundelkhand, Mure taking Badoj and Harcourt neutralizing Bihar. The fort of Ahmadanagar was the first target of Wellesley. In the battle against Sindhya's Arab troops, company lost about 30 men, including six officers, and over 100 were wounded. However, the Maratha garrison soon surrendered after the British offered to pay their arrears. With Ahmadanagar captured by the British army, 
Marathas lost a major supply depot. In September, a British force of 4,500 men faced 10,500 Maratha forces, led by Sindhya at a battle of Assi. Though the British army won the battle, it was far away from an easy victory. Though, as per the contract, top army officials of Sindhya did not take arms against the company, the British suffered. 1,566 men killed or wounded. Wellesley encountered some criticism for dividing his forces, which was viewed as a contributing factor to his high number of casualties. The Marathas lost almost 6,000 men. The late Rajmata, Vijayaraji Sindhya, gave an interesting version of the battle in her autobiography. The last Maharani of Gwalior wrote, It was neither a walkover nor a cheap victory for General Wellesley. Even when the artillery could not be brought into action because of the missing bullocks, and with literally all the European mercenaries having decamped and striking troops not participating, the Sindhya's army put up a desperate fight. The casualties on both sides were roughly equal. Wellesley next focused on Burhanpur and the Ashirgar fort. Ashirgar was, since the Mughal times, divided the Deccan from northern India. The last time there was a contest for this fort was in the time of Akbar the Great, who had won it after a bloody siege in 1601. But Wellesley did not have to try too hard. On 15th October 1803, Colonel Stevenson took possession of the Burhanpur without any opposition. Later in the same month, after a brief period of heavy artillery fire by the British, the garrison at Asirgar offered to surrender. They were allowed to take their personal properties and were even paid their salary arrears by the British. This implied that Sindhya had lost his last possession in the Deccan. In the meantime, General Lake took the field against Daulat Rao Sindhya in northern India and within two months captured the fort of Aligarh, which had served the French as a major depot and defeated the Marathas at Aligarh in September 1803. On 11th September, General Lake defeated Louis Barquin in the Battle of Delhi and took tacit management of Shah Alam II, the aged Mughal Emperor, finally to win Agra in October. Wellesley next met his adversary in the troops of Bhonsle at the Battle of Argon. But once again, the Marathas managed to surprise the British and they worked right into an ambush. After initial disarray, Argon was owned once again by the British with native Madras army and Wellesley strategy. Eventually, the Marathas retreated to the fort of Gwaligarh. Once again, Wellesley tried to buy the garrison to surrender, but failed as the garrison did not bargain to surrender. The fort was held by Rajputs 
and as expected of them, they were not going to give up without a fight. In the face of stiff resistance, the British artillery managed to create a small hole in the wall through which Wellesley's troop poured in. Though the garrison fought bravely till the last man standing on 15th December, the forces of Wellesley and Stevenson captured Mosley's fortress, suffering only 126 casualties. Thus, the last fortified location beside the infiltration route linking the Deccan to Hindustan or North India had fallen to the British. On 17th December, the British concluded the Treaty of Deogao with the Raja of Berar and Nagpur, Raghuji Bhosle II. He relinquished to the British the province of Katak, including Balasore, and all territory west of the river Verda. The power of Sindhya was completely broken with the final defeat at the Battle of Laswari in November in the hand of Lord Gerard Lake. Finally, on 30th December, Dolatrao Sindhya agreed to the Treaty of Surji Arzangaon, through which he ceded to the British all land lying flanked by the Jomuna and the Ganga and all forts and territories north of Jaipur, Jodhpur and Gohat. In the west, the British seized Baruch and Ahmedanagar and all territory south of the Ajanta Hills. Instead of stating that the Holkers joined the war, it is rather appropriate to phrase that the British started the hostility with Holkers in the later phase of the war, which continued through the years of 1804 and 5. The second phase of the Second Anglo-Maratha War started by the April of 1804 when Wellesley ordered Lord Lake to commence hostilities against Holkers. In the initial days, General Lake had forced Holkar to retreat to Kota and then further south on the approach of additional British forces, till he took his main force into encampment at Kanpur in June due to the monsoon. In July, Colonel William infiltrated deep into the Holkar territory without appropriate support. As a result, he had to retreat to Agra in August. Holkar held Delhi from 8 to 28 October in a siege. Delhi was battled and owned by Lord Gerald Lake's forces. Holkar subsequently decamped to raid the Doab. Lord Lake finally was successful to defeat Holkar in Farukhabad on 17th November. Raja of Bharatpur was an ally of Holkar in the war against the company. During first couple of months in 1805, Lord Lake assaulted the fortress of Bharatpur unsuccessfully. On 23rd November 1805, the company signed a peace treaty with Sindhya. Its terms incorporated expiration of the suspicious alliance, restoration of Gwalior and Gohat to the Marathas, the avoidance of British treaties with the Rajput chieftains and the return of specific portions of land. The company passed a measure 
supporting the establishment of an East India College as a substitute for Fort William College at Calcutta. By the Treaty of Rajghat on 24th December 1805, Holkar got back most of his territories, though they had to give up Tonk, Rampura and Bundi. Holkar Maharajas retained control and overlordship over much of Rajasthan, thus the Second Maratha War was brought to a secure. The success of English in the Second Anglo-Maratha War was more than anticipated. By this war, the Maratha power was broken and disjointed. The French-trained battalions of the Marathas were disbanded and the Peshwa became more dependent on the British. As a result of the new acquisition of territories, the great extension to the British Empire in India linked up to the existing positions of Bengal and Madras. As a result of this war, the titular Mughal Emperor Shah Alam II was brought under English protection. In Monroe's world, the Second Anglo-Maratha War transformed the trader British into the complete masters of India. Wellesley felt that the treaties entered into after the Second Anglo-Maratha War afforded the only possible security for the permanent tranquility and prosperity of these valuable and important possessions. But not all of them believed the same, as Lord Wellesley's brother Arthur Wellesley can be quoted. Our enemies are much disgusted and complain loudly of our conduct and want of faith, and in truth I consider the peace to be no means secure. Want to learn more about the untold story of Indian freedom struggle? Keep listening. We got a page from episode notes and resources. Visit us at http colon forward slash forward slash www.ksproductionsusa.com Subscribe to the Revolution Untold Story of Indian Freedom Struggle at Apple, Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you get your audio. Be sure to leave us a review, give us 5 stars and please talk about us to your friends and family. We want to hear directly from you too, so send us an email. Our email address is therevolution at ksproductionsusa.com. The Revolution Untold Story of Indian Freedom Struggle is produced by KS Productions INC in collaboration with Pastel Entertainment. Our executive producers are Kaushik Mazumdar and Shushmita Mazumdar from KS Productions INC and Shaoli Mazumdar from Pastel Entertainment. Our researcher is Dipanjan Maithi, content developed by Dipanjan Maithi and Kaushik Mazumdar. Original music composed and designed by Shottajit Shem. Also use compositions by Kazi Nasrul Islam. Stay tuned for our next episode on the Third Anglo-Maratha War. We'll be back in two weeks.